Hello, and welcome to episode five of Button Key Games Cast. I'm Jordan, and this is Evan, and uh, we're here to uh, talk about some games and enjoy some brews. Happy episode five! Yeah, we made it. Yeah, we're real Ep- podcasters now. Episode five is the biggest number before a hundred, I think. Yeah, that's how it goes. I think that's how it goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what 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 you drinking tonight? Um, I've got a Blue Moon Mango Wheat Ale that uh, that I'm gonna try out. Mango wheat, that's that's different from the, the normal Blue Moon selection. Yes, it is. Uh, my uh, my wife actually saw it at the store, and she loves, she loves mangoes. She brought it, and uh, so I'm going to try it. Well, I'm over here sipping on a classic Samuel Adams Oktoberfest. I generally try and make sure we stock up in the fall so that we can at least get into the spring with Oktoberfest because I enjoy this beer so much. Uh, it's nothing nothing fancy, nothing special, but it's just a good, smooth classic that can be enjoyed all year round, but they only make it in the fall, so it's really just a disappointment. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah. So right. we're working through those now that we're done with our Christmas beers. Yeah. And on to greener pastures, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so what have you been what have you been up to this week when it comes to the video games? Uh well, you know, I've I've played uh, a little more Dead Cells on my Switch. Um I've also spent a little bit of time with Mario Plus Rabbids. Um How are you liking is, that? It's it's fun. You know, I'm enjoying it more than I thought I would, I think. Do you normally you know? get into those like turn-based strategy type games? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not like a go-to for me, but mm-hmm. I mean, I I knew I'd enjoy it. It wasn't like a, a serious question, but I'm, I'm, uh, I'm having fun with it. It's pretty good. I think that game does a great job of making you feel like you can combo things together. Well, mm-hmm. when it comes to the movement and what you can do before and after movements. Right. And the, you can just, you can get all the way across the map. In a in a turn, if you plan things out right, which is much different from any other turn based strategy game, yeah. and it feels good when you do that. You just bounce off your friends, bounce off your enemies, uh, and they did a good job of making Mario fit into that game structure, but keeping his fun character with it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I also. Uh, I spent some time uh, playing Autica, which is that that new that new VR game. That's the that's the Beat Saber with guns game, right? Yes, Beat Saber with pistolas. And that's Harmonics developing that. Yes, the studio behind original Guitar Hero and then Rock Band. Were they behind original Guitar Hero? Yeah, I think they did one and two, and then NeverSoft took it over, I believe. See, I never knew that. Yeah, they were they were the originators, I I believe. Mm, okay. Well but yeah, yeah, this is this is those guys. Harmonics. Um but uh it it's pretty fun. I'm uh I'm liking it. Um very uncertain um if it's gonna stay fun or if it's if it's gonna get as fun as Beat Saber got. Because Beat Saber I kind of I kinda like wasn't sure about that game even after i bought it i was kind of a 
afraid I was going to regret that purchase. I was kind of already regretting that purchase when I got that game um, until I got to like the harder difficulties and the custom songs, which are even harder than the hardest difficulty in the game. And so like, I I think I'm hoping that maybe something similar will happen with Autica. And once I get to the really hard difficulties, I'll be like, yeah, this is awesome. But um, right now it's just, yeah, it's fun. You know, do you think this game, if it does hit that difficulty curve that feels good, could spawn another wave of Beat Saber like fervor? I don't know. I don't know. I think um, unless they do something really crazy, I feel like it's doubtful. But the game is also in early access right now. So, I mean, they could they could change things up. Who knows? Yeah, I know Harmonix is looking for a win. They've been they've been searching for something ever since the era of the plastic instrument faded. Um dude, have you looked at like Guitar Hero guitars? I almost I tried to get one recently and I was looking on eBay and man, they're expensive. My last Guitar Hero guitar purchase was from Goodwill cuz I just stumbled upon one and I said, yeah. I guess I I guess I should buy this. I need an uh, Xbox 361 because that works on PC, and I need I need it doesn't matter wired or wireless. I can I can make it work. Didn't the new guitars that they did for Rock Band Four like work with anything? Uh, I think so. There was something like that. But you, eh, the Rock Band guitars were always mad at me. I like the Guitar Hero guitars better. Yeah, definitely. I always preferred Guitar Hero guitars. Um, but yeah, so I hope I hope that turns out good for them. Uh, yeah. It'd be good for the VR space to have more software flowing through. No doubt. And it would definitely be good for Harmonix to get a W on this one. Mm-hmm. So I also uh, spent a little time uh, reminiscing and playing some old CSGO this week, too. Oh, really? Yeah, I did. Do you... And then I just jumped back into Apex Legends. Yeah, that's the curse. Mm-hmm. When, when, you, play, when you play CS, do you just play normal uh normal classic like tournament cs or do you play like gun game or stuff like that um i i play like good old good old classic competitive stuff uh anytime i ever summon up the will to load CSGO onto whatever laptop i'm using because that thing can run on anything uh i just play gun game and have the most fun in the world with it but then i'm good yeah uh so uh, i'm glad you're enjoying that but yeah apex steals all the thunder from all the games Mm. i just i haven't had this with any other game in a long time where i'm playing games that i really enjoy but in the back of my head i think i could be playing apex Mm. i think that might just be a me problem but i don't i don't necessarily have that problem yeah, but, it might just be a me thing because I have apparently attention issues. <laughs> but but I do love Apex. It's, um, very, it's very good. Apex just got one of its first balance patches. Yeah. Uh, in the form of a nerf to, I think what people consider the two better guns, the Wingman and the Peacekeeper. The Peacekeeper only got a nerf to the attachment, the shotgun bolt, which increases the rate of fire. Uh, they toned it back a little bit, so it doesn't increase the rate of fire as much, but that's no, that's no big deal for the peacekeeper. Nah. Uh, the wingman caught a rate of fire 
nerf in general. So it went, it was like a 20% nerf or something. So it just fires a little slower. Uh, and the skull piercer hop up caught a very, very slight nerf and the damage multiplier for headshots went from 2.5 to 2.25. But you were using that gun post patch and you said it was still fine. Yeah, I still got like a nice little success of three kills with it. Um, that felt great and it felt just as good as it always has. Yeah, they were saying they just they don't want to make that a less powerful gun, but they want to they want the skill ceiling to be high for it because it can be uber powerful in a lot of circumstances. Um and the, those are the those are the updates they released right now. They also talked a little bit about addressing uh hitbox issues with Pathfinder, Caustic, and Gibraltar, who are all bigger characters. Yeah. Uh and we we've discussed this on earlier episodes, but we d- we don't know how to fix this either, but they've tossed around the idea of maybe since their hitboxes are so big, adding a natural uh damage modifier to them. So yeah. they take less damage when they get hit than a normal person. Uh I I don't think that's the answer for the problem. I'm 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 not sure. I I think you run into an issue where they still do the same amount of damage. So it doesn't really have a trade-off except for you have a bigger hitbox. And well, I mean, to- if you think about it, you already have that with armor. If some guy yeah. has level 4 armor, and you've got level one, you've already got somebody who can take more shots than you, even though you're dealing the same damage. Yeah, but that's not a, that's a, he found better armor than me. That's just a luck or he got into a good fight or, or something like that. It's not just a base. uh, I picked this character, so I get damage. uh, I'm better at taking damage. Yeah, no, I agree. that, That was my problem with the Call of Duty blackout shields and armor pieces and body armors is it's just, it's not extra health. It's just damage mitigation. So it just makes firefights last forever in that yeah, game. I agree. Uh, and I feel like Apex is better suited for longer firefights, but I think the answer might be to just make their abilities more powerful and give people a reason to pick them. Yeah. That's me. I'm not a developer, but I, I just don't think damage mitigation is the way to go. Or with Gibraltar, like, buff the damage mitigation he gets from his little arm shield, you know, something yeah, like that. Yeah, that. that thing does not take much damage. No. Or, or like, maybe buff the size of it. I don't know. Or you could even just make it where, like, just having it out kind of gives your entire body a little bit of damage mitigation or something like that. That'd be nice. Yeah, like, if you if you just had a natural damage mitigation, if you were aiming down sights. Yeah. I've, ne- I've never shot at a Gibraltar and felt like I was doing less damage because I was hitting that shield. If yeah. He was aiming down sights. It's not very good. No. And it, and it does a lot to alter your view. So it's harder. It's harder to shoot people when you have it up. Yeah. <sighs> but that's apex. It's good. It's a great game. Yeah. The battle pass should be coming out soon. I want and that battle pass. I want that battle pass real bad. I hope they do the Fortnite model of like doing challenges and stuff. And not the blackout model of just being time played. Yeah. Uh, that's one of the things about Fortnite is I can just go in and goof off 
because I'm doing battle pass challenges and not care as much. So is that all you've been playing this week? Yeah, that pretty much it. Um, I think I, I caught the big release of this week with Devil May Cry 5. Yeah. Uh, this is the next entry in the, the long running series of stylish action games and kind of, in my opinion, the game that really spawned the genre. Uh, I recently went back and played through Devil May Cry 1 for the first time on the remastered collection. And I also played through most of Devil May Cry 3 for the first time. And I really think 1 holds up fairly well for how much age that game has on it and being like the first of a genre, really. But 3 is something special. There is something about 3 that no other games really do for me that aren't multiplayer, and it's I want to be better than the lowest possible like pass through this stage. Mm-hmm. I want to get S ranks. I want to, I want to become better because you look really cool when you are just fluidly mowing through waves and waves and waves of demons. And when you're fighting a boss and you're just fluidly just dodging and, and everything's working together and it feels really really great when you have those moments where that shines through and you want to make that all the time when you're fighting. And it feels like Devil May Cry 5 is going to be doing that for me again. Um, I've played a couple hours, uh, maybe two or three hours. Uh, I beat the first major boss, but I've only played as one of the characters so far. There are three characters and they all play fairly differently from what I can see. One named V especially plays a lot differently. But there's V, there's Nero, and there's Dante. Dante being the main protagonist from most of the other games. Uh, I've only played as Nero so far. But Nero has a sword like Dante, and you can rev it up like a motorcycle to to do more damage, which is really cool to do in a fight. Uh, He has his guns. His big hook is that he's missing an arm. And in place of that arm, your friend Nico is building you like robotic limbs called Devil Breakers. And the Devil Breakers really do a lot to change up your tactics in combat. Uh, and they're, from, from what I can tell, there's a lot of different Devil Breakers. I really only run into two different ones so far. One of them is the Overture, which does like an electric shock damage type thing and one of them is a gerbera which does like a like an air dodge that does damage on the end of it uh and you use it on the b button but really the big the big change that this brings is you have to think about what devil breaker you have at any given time because you have a magazine what they call a magazine that can be expanded so you start out with 3 hmm. so you can just have like I have an overture, an overture and a Gerbera. And you can't change which devil breaker you're using without sacrificing the one you have currently. So if I'm using an overture and I want to use a Gerbera because I think it's better for this fight, I either need to a get hit while I'm using the ability and that will break it. I need to 
self-destruct it when I'm getting surrounded by enemies, which will push all the enemies off of you, but you lose your Devil Breaker. Or I need to use a use a special attack that the Devil Breaker has where you hold B and you charge it up and for the overture you like punch an enemy with it, but you leave it in and then you back up and you can shoot the Devil Breaker and it'll explode. Or for the Gerbera, you shoot out this giant like Kamehameha beam of energy in front of you for a few seconds and it looks really cool. So those uh, those arms are kind of a consumable thing. Yeah, so they're consumable. You can buy more from the shop where you buy your abilities, but you you seem to find them generally in the world, uh, just on the ground, hanging out a lot. So you come to these points where you run across one you might need more than another, so you destroy one you have to pick up the one you need because you cannot change between them mid-combat without destroying it. Uh, it really adds this an extra layer that I think makes the combat just sing because sword attacks look nice. Shooting people with gun is fun, but then you can throw in this extra flare and flash by doing this sweet dodge using the Gerbera that hits an enemy that you are dodging towards. You can electrocute enemies. You can make enemies explode. It, it adds a lot and it just makes the makes the combat feel special and feel unique from the previous games that I've played. Mm-hmm. Uh, it still has the the Devil May Cry goof and and flair and silliness that came from from the former games. Uh, Dante saying ridiculous stuff and uh, the the normal. Capcom goof that comes with their games and I think I think it's something special and I can't wait to to play more of it in the near near future. Yeah. It's cool. It sounds uh, it's I like that arm mechanic. It sounds sounds pretty cool. Yeah, and that's only that's only one of the characters. So yeah. there there are two more characters that I have to play with. And I'll talk about V more on a later podcast because he is completely different from any character that I've ever used in a stylish action type genre game. Hmm. Uh, and it's really interesting, and I, I'm really interested to talk about it when I learn more. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I also I also started another Mass Effect playthrough because you were talking about how you didn't care for Mass Effect that much. Yep. So that means I have to play Mass Effect to fix the balance of the podcast. Mm. Uh, going, going Paragon, going full adept. I'm gonna be blasting people with space magic. It's gonna be great. That was always the the more fun way to play. Yeah, that game that game story still holds up, and Bioware built a world that is so cohesive and so interesting to just delve into, even without delving into their codex mechanics. And I, I just can't wait to get through this game and into the future games because man you just hear the the soundtrack and the score start to play and i just kind of feel it in my bones that the mass effect is happening again uh and it it just excites me to no end to be in that world for the third time and you're playing them in order right the first one first yeah i'm going one two three obviously we're gonna probably skip andromeda or maybe yeah. I'll play it to talk about how 
they didn't make as good of a Mass Effect as they could have. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, you were talking earlier about uh, VR and that space that you enjoy playing in so much. Uh, And I have have a new VR idea uh, that I'm going to give you if you're ready for it. I'm ready. You ready? This is going to blow your mind. Mm. Okay. What if you buy an $80 box? Okay. VR for $80. Think about it. You buy an $80 box. It comes with a bunch of cardboard. And you build the cardboard using fun, whimsical software. And then once you're done building the cardboard into like birds or guns or elephants or things, you can put a screen in it, you know, like, like a switch. Yeah, we can put a switch in this thing. And then it's like VR for the switch. Sounds like a terrible idea. Well, we're doing it. The first mistake is $80 for some pieces of cardboard. I, I hear they're high quality pieces of cardboard, at least. <laughs> they uh, better be. And you get, it comes with the goggles, so it'll VRify, quote unquote, the... You mean the lenses. Lenses. Yes. Uh, so it'll VRify the the Switch a little bit. Uh, Nintendo announced the, the Nintendo Labo Toy-Con 4 set, uh, and it's going to be a VR kit. Um, if you get the, the $80 version, uh, you get the cardboard to make an elephant face. You get to make a duck or a goose looking thing. You get to make a camera. You get to make a blaster gun. They call it a blaster. It's like a face gun. Yeah. Face face gun. You get to make a face gun and then like a normal VR headset. And they do have a cheaper option called the starter set plus blaster, which gives you the lenses and the blaster face gun thing. $40. This is is a bad idea. This is, this is terrible. I don't. Okay. Why, why do you think it's terrible? Because you've got, you've already got Google cardboard, which is already bad for VR, but you've got this Nintendo switch that, has a screen that maxes out at 60 frames per second. You slide that into this little doohickey here, this little VR headset made of cardboard, and it's it's going to make you sick. And then you're going to think, oh, this is this is a $380 VR experience, and it uh, it makes me sick, so VR is just not for me. VR, this is bad. And not only that, it doesn't have... Um, it doesn't have positional tracking. It's only got rotational tracking. So it's it's that that right there kind of makes me feel sick anyway. So that's just going to add to it. And only that's it's not you can't lean in to see stuff. You can only turn your head. And that's just not it's not a good VR experience. It's not going to be good. It's going to paint more bad perception of virtual reality as a whole. And it shouldn't exist. I I think shouldn't exist is very strong language. It Uh, is. It is how I feel, though. This reminds me of one of those old like toys that used to have like a viewfinder and you would like flip through. It was almost like a slideshow, but on your face. You know what the difference is? That one costs like $10. This is called virtual reality. Yeah. And I agree with you on that point. I don't know if 
calling this virtual reality is the best thing to do. It seems to be like a kind of capitalization on the trend of VR, but I don't, I don't think this is for adults. I don't think this is for people who play games that often. I think this is for a parent to buy their child and like Legos, you enjoy putting the pieces together and then you get to do a little fun activity with them afterwards. I don't think this is meant to be uh, on your face for hours upon end. It doesn't even have a strap to attach to your head. You have to hold it. Uh, and it, I think this is harmless to the the industry other than maybe the naming convention. But I disagree. It's, it's, not, it's not for us. And kids aren't going to remember this. Kids are going to remember this like they remember the viewfinder. This isn't another virtual boy situation that's just going to destroy VR. This isn't a, a thing you're supposed to do for hours and hours upon end. This is, this is a toy for children who want to build something with their parents and then play with it for five minutes and be done. But is people, it a little, I'm telling you, your average child out there is still going to pick this up and think, oh, virtual reality sucks. Well... They they were never going to get into virtual reality then if they are that quick to say VR sucks because of this. They were mm, they weren't going to I don't gonna, think that's true because we're, we're talking about the masses a, here. They weren't going to go out and buy a PC to operate an Oculus no, or No, Oc- no, no. But I'm talking about even the PlayStation VR or like just moving further into the future what else may come out like but, our Oculus Quest that's uh that's releasing very soon and things like that. They wouldn't even give those a second look because Labo VR wasn't good. No, I I a hundred percent disagree with that. This is this is cardboard. It doesn't strap to your head. It with the switch altogether, it costs like three hundred and twenty dollars. I mean, the it's, Quest is it, only going to be like four hundred bucks, and with a switch, if you get the whole kit, it's three. But no one, but no one's buying a switch to play Labo. No one's buying a switch because this thing says Labo VR. This and is that, going to be that may for be true. The that children. may be true, but it's still going to I still believe it's going to hurt the perception of VR. I think as VR someone is, who loves VR and has seen crap like this, even even um, Google Cardboard and some of the lower end VR experiences out there, um, they they hurt VR as a whole because I talk to people all the time I'm like, have you tried VR? And they're like, yeah, I didn't really like it. And nine times out of 10, they're talking about because they tried a Samsung Gear VR. And they're basing their judgment on that. It happens frequently when I talk to people about VR. That's all they think of. And this is just another one of those that's going to hurt VR's perception as a whole. And people aren't going to give like a real quality VR experience a shot or even a second thought because of it. I'm, I'm, this, is, this is a hot take, but I just don't see the future for VR at its current state. And at its current iteration rate. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think that our our current generation VR headsets are going to explode anytime soon. I think I think they've done pretty well, not amazing, but pretty well. And and that's the most we expect to see out of them. It's not till something new comes along that that we really have a shot at something taking off. But when that new thing comes along, I'm talking about these people are going to be like, oh, VR sucks because I tried that Nintendo thing or VR sucks because I used that Samsung Gear VR or VR sucks because I used that 
Google Cardboard. And I'm, you may think it sounds stupid, but this is the masses that we're talking about, especially the people who aren't gamers. You know, VR can appeal to a lot of people who aren't even gamers. And those people are going to just see virtual reality and think it's all the same. And that's just a, that's just a fact. And this is just going to do more to harm that. But I, I'll reiterate one more time. I think people that would think that are not people that are going to pay $300, $400 for a VR headset, much less what I think it 300 need- maybe, 400 no. But But the truth of the matter is that for VR to really take off, those people that you don't think would spend it have to spend it. I have to get to a point where they're interested in enough where those people are even buying it. That's the point where VR needs to head. That's where it needs to be for before it can really become a, a huge success. But, so but we that's are, why it, it still matters. But we're we maybe no, not in that stage right now, but it still matters. It's still going to affect the future of VR. That's my point. I, I feel like we're not even breathing on that stage right now. And by the time we hit that, people will forget that Labo VR even existed. It's not maybe going to, it's not, but, but it's not it's not going to make people like one. This probably isn't going to sell gangbusters. If I like Labo seemed to do all right, but not special. This yeah. isn't going to do anything to sell switches. But this I don't think saying it's not going to sell well is an argument for why it should exist. I'm I'm saying that it's it's not for the people that are buying or will ever think about buying a VR headset. But there see, people- I know that. I know that. It's definitely not for those people. But those people are just going to see a VR and, hey, I've got a Switch. This thing's 20 or 30 or whatever it's going to cost to get it. And they're going to say, why don't I get that so I can try out VR? So if if those people weren't thinking about ever getting a VR, wasn't even in their mind space, what what do you lose? What what is lost? It's it's not much. If anything, but how do you know it wasn't? <clears throat> in in the example that I just uh, proposed, it was in their mind. I mean, a lot of people who haven't tried it aren't interested to try it. But the first taste they get is something crappy like that, and that's bad. I I, I see where you're coming from, but. As a person who has used actual VR, not a lot, but enough to enough that I feel like I would have been interested in buying one if if the time was right. There's something about it that I'm glad that it clicks for people and I'm glad that a lot of people in you included are finding great enjoyment with it. But it's 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 not this high and lofty goal of where I hope to take games so i guess that's why this doesn't mean as much to me and i guess that's why i'm so stubborn on being like this isn't for us this isn't what we're supposed to have and i get where you're coming from and i'll concede that you care about it a whole heck of a lot more than i do uh so i'll go ahead and just concede my point i guess because it should come from a person that cares about it uh not from a person who doesn't care about it but i I don't think people smart people at least are going to look at this and say oh this is a 320 dollars actual vr headset they're gonna think oh this is a dumb toy like a view no but look but for something for a product to be a massive success you have to appeal to the dumb people too i mean that's just the reality of marketing this is true but the dumb people aren't going to be the ones that can really get a headset right now unless they have a ps4 
like I said, I agree with that. It's just a matter of perception for the future of when that is a reality. And I think this is such small change that where, whereas if this were big and did come out and so negatively impact VR, it would like set it back a little bit, but I don't think this is going to be big enough to do that. And I don't think it will be bad enough to do that. I don't think it's going to be one huge, like, oh, VR is in the toilet now because of Nintendo Labo. It's not going to be a virtual boy situation all over. I don't, yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. What my, my thing is there's already enough stuff out there that, that gives people a negative perception of virtual reality that this is just, it's just another thing and it shouldn't exist. It shouldn't, shouldn't happen. I'm going to have to buy one of these to try it. Nah, don't support that crap. I'm gonna have to buy one to try it. Mm-mm. I can, I'm already. I can already tell you, it's going to be horrible. You don't even like VR. Why would you? Why would you even do that? Because because I like building cardboard things. I like <sighs> I like building stuff. No, it's forty dollars. I could get a face blaster made of cardboard. See, this is a problem right here. And you can get it, and you'll be like, "Yeah, I was right. VR does suck." I can. I can put that on like a shelf in my office and show people. Hey, hey, Evan, what happened to it's not for us? It, it's not. I get it. There's only <laughs> children on the box. All right. Well, I, I just want to build cardboard. I just want to. Build. All I can say is those of you who have not given VR a fair chance, you're just missing out on a lot of good stuff between Beat Saber and. Uh, Boneworks coming out soon. If you don't know what that is, look it up. It's the most amazing thing. Um, and it's just super hot and so much good stuff. You're just, you're just missing out. It's it's I right. Don't listen to him. He's not a fan. Okay, okay. But the next thing we're going to talk about, please listen to me because there are rumors. Dude, there's rumors. Big things bubbling on the surface of uh the next inside xbox live stream that they do and i believe it's on the 12th well before even that we had we had some rumors from from a mr brad sams who uh, who has a, a notable track record with microsoft leaks in the past and and he's saying he's saying that halo the master chief collection is coming to pc and that that hits me close. That hits me in the chest, man. As a person so excited. who doesn't have a PC, even I can understand the magnitude at which this is operating at. Uh, and Jordan, you're a big PC fan. You're and an big, even bigger Halo you're fan. A bigger, you're a bigger Halo fan. I feel like you would go out and buy an Xbox if you had to just to play the new Halo game. No question. <laughs> uh, I've done it. I, I know times. you have <laughs> multiple <laughs> times. What is, what is this? What does this do for Halo? And what do you think this does for, uh, I guess, the Xbox brand on PC as a whole? It's going to be good. I mean, uh, we got to think about this. Halo is not in with the young crowd these days like it used to be. OK, so most of us guys who are diehard Halo fans are a little bit older. And have moved on to the PC world. And I think that's why so many PC players just want this game. I think they want it more than Xbox players even care to have it. What is the past of Halo on PC for those uneducated? Like so, 
so we had Combat Evolved, which arguably was was better on PC than it was on Xbox, because um, it had online multiplayer. Like you could actually host games and stuff like that, where they didn't have that on Xbox because it was kind of pre Xbox Live days. So so that was a quality uh, version of the game for sure. Halo Two Vista Edition. Um, I didn't really get to play that when it launched because I didn't feel like getting Vista, um, but I also had an Xbox. So I just I just played it on that at the time, but yeah. I, I've heard it's not great. I have played it since then, um, and it's it's okay. Um, it's it's similar to the Xbox experience, but you can tell the shift in like where in Halo One they made a proper PC version, in Halo Two it kind of felt like it was secondary to the Xbox version that they made, um, and then from there on they didn't even make any more Halo games for PC um, up until. Um, there was a whole thing with a game called Halo Online, um, which Microsoft apparently had a project they were working on. I might be a little fuzzy on these details, but they had a project they were working on um, to bring Halo 3 multiplayer to PC that got scrapped. And either some of that development team or a whole nother team somehow got a hold of the assets and they created they finished it. And they call it Halo Online. And you could, for a while, you could download it for free offline um, and play Halo 3 on PC um, and just multiplayer. But um, I think Microsoft eventually did swoop in and shut it down because it was not an official Microsoft project. So some people who still have the files, I still have the files, um, can still play it. Um, But at the same time with that, and then Microsoft did also bring Halo 5 Forge to PC. Um, which is just Halo 5's Forge mode and custom games and stuff like that. But it wasn't very good. It didn't have raw mouse input. You could tell it was emulating a controller, and it didn't feel good. It didn't feel like a like a PC shooter should. Um, but between between all of that, um, you, I, I'm still the guy. I want to jump in and play some classic Halo Slayer. And nobody really in either of those was doing that. Don't get me wrong. I love Halo custom games, but that's mostly all those were. Yeah, is Halo custom games, which I love, but I still want to get in and play the competitive like Halo's Arena Slayer. Like that's what I want to play. Yeah. Um, and and just didn't have those options there. So I'm really excited. I'm really excited and hopeful that we're gonna see some Halo Master Chief Collection, and I'm gonna be able to sit here and play Halo Two Anniversary, which we never got on PC or Combat Evolved Anniversary. But Halo Two Anniversary multiplayer is really where it's gonna be at. Um, I'm excited for that. Okay, here's, I, here's I'm so hopeful. Here's my pitch for the inside Xbox on the 12th. Here's what they're going to come out and say. Hey, everyone, we're excited to announce something that everyone's been waiting for. Uh, This is going to be real big for Halo fans, for uh, multiplayer fans, for fans of just life in general. And we're here today to announce that coming to the Master Chief Collection... Halo 3 Anniversary Edition. And I'll be off so fast. I'll be, screw you, Phil Spencer. And I will be done. That's Phil it. Phil Spencer. I'm off, I'm, off the, I'm off the Xbox train. Just, just then? Just like that. Hardcore. I'm done. I don't, I, don't, I don't think that that's what's going to happen. It would be I, my life's biggest disappointment. I truly believe that they're going to pull an announcement for uh, Halo on PC. There's uh, also a lot of rumors that they're going to do some some Halo Reach adding to the to the collection too. 
you know, some a little something for the console players since you know they're going to be waiting on this, and then mm. you know might not be a console focused piece of news. This is if, just uh, me. If we're correct. This is just me as a as a Halo fan, but not like a Halo super fan. Did people like Reach, or are we looking through some rose colored glasses as Reach as the last Bungie Halo? Okay, now you're now you're getting in into some controversial. Like, do okay. people do people actually want Reach? Okay, so there are people who think Reach was the best Halo multiplayer. Really? Yes. That I am not one of those people. I the, think Halo Reach was the worst Halo multiplayer that was ever made. I think Bungie lost their way, and I think three four three has done a better job since then. That was and the that one that started. Is the- where. Where where I'm probably gonna upset some of the other Halo fans out there, but the truth of the matter is, these guys at three four three they used to be Bungie, and they're doing what Bungie originally did, and it's better. Campaign wise, oh, wow, we can argue about that. I don't know about that, but multiplayer wise, multiplayer wise, these new guys at three four three doing a much better job. So four seemed to follow in the footsteps of Reach when it came to like not fair starts. So you had loadout based combat, yeah. Um, I just feel I like hated that. loadout hated based that. combat was never what Halo was meant to be. Halo was an arena shooter for console players, exactly, to enjoy that arena style, a la Quake, a la Doom. Those those games that not quite as quick of a pace as those, but yeah, but of course, a similar of course. A similar strategy, but and it was the just, idea it was just so of good. knowing the map, knowing where power weapons spawn, knowing the knowing the spawn timers. Knowing all of that, and when you get to loadouts, you can just start with pretty much your favorite weapon. So you like the BR, I'm going to start with the BR. You like the the DR, I'm going to start with the DMR. You like the just the normal Magnum, you're going to start with the Magnum, even though in later games it was, wasn't as good. Yeah. And they took the Call of Duty route, and it just felt so wrong for yeah, Halo. It was, it was bad. And 4 did the same. 4 kept on that path. But 5... I go back into five sometimes and just play with friends. Holy crap, man. Five is good. Five yeah. feels so right in the multiplayer front. They just nailed the halo Agreed. feel and the halo timing and the, the feeling of giving a perfect kill with them with the Magnum is something that is hard to touch in any shooter that has, that has existed since. Yeah. Between halo five multiplayer and halo two multiplayer. Hands down, easily, no question, the two best multiplayer Halo experiences um, ever. I think it showed that they knew the path they wanted to get back to because they added in, like, here's a timer for weapon spawns, uh, which which sort of takes away from the skill ceiling because you know when the weapons are going to spawn. But it went back to this idea of, okay, here's the power weapon on the map. Here's its spawn timer. I know to to be there when that happens, and there will probably be a fight. Yeah, it kind of went back to that to that map control arena style gameplay, which is which is what I love. Yeah, um, it seems to be lost on a lot of people these days with and with things like Call of Duty and that was the rise of the Call of Duty in the battlefield. Yeah, uh, with, with those shooters. games like not doing that. I think I think a lot of people struggle to see the appeal, but I'm telling you, if you give it a fair shot, play with some friends, man, because it is definitely a more team focused gameplay. Oh, Halo um, for sure. Than those, which which is just what makes it so good. When you it's when you so get good. team fired, when you get focus fired by like two or three people, <clears throat> you can feel it. You just melt. 
in a yeah. way that you don't in other games. Uh, but that doesn't take away from the one-on-one combat, which I think the one-on-one sparring style that Halo kind of goes with is so fresh when you have games with such short uh, time to kills. Well, the, the fights are always much closer. They're close combat. In Halo. Well, You're, what I mean is like it's, it's usually really close to like I almost had that guy. Oh, yeah. Or, or he almost had me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, like, if another dude walks around the corner right after you finish somebody, your shields are probably gone, and you're probably about to die anyway, so they're going to finish you off. So it's like, it, it, it makes strategy so important. Um, and you, you, take that, you take that into the thought process of combat and into the flow of combat. Oh, okay, I know that fight was close, so I'm going to have to retreat uh, back to my team and, like, recharge shields. It just feels so right to play Halo and... Halo 5, like, really just nailed their arena multiplayer. Four, oh, four and, oh, my goodness. Dude, I can't believe I forgot to mention this. I also, this past weekend, I played an amazing new game called Splitgate. Splitgate. Arena Warfare. And or this game... Or if you're me on Twitter, Slipgate. Uh, we don't have to talk about that, but <laughs> Splitgate Arena Warfare. Oh my goodness! If you have ever played a Halo Arena multiplayer and enjoyed it, um, this game is for you. And it is coming out in quarter one, twenty nineteen. We don't really know a date yet, um, but I got into their alpha test this past weekend, and it is so much fun. It is Halo. It is made by a lot of the developers from Halo Three, um, and it feels like it. The gun, there's a battle rifle in there. It feels just like a Halo one. There is, there's a, a a rocket launcher in there that feels like a Halo rocket launcher. All the guns, the SMG, pistol, the assault rifle, it all feels Halo and it feels good. But they all have an aim down sight, kind of like Halo Five, which is a welcome change. Um, and you can sprint, and your the TTK is so much lower than Halo Two. Hmm. Um, so it's really a faster pace. But here's the real big thing: is that you have portals. Like so you. So, like portal so like, portals? Like from the game portal, you know, you can shoot like a blue and an orange. Yeah, is yeah. it orange? Yeah. Yep. It's the same. You get a blue and an orange, and it changes the pace of combat in a wild way. So can you can you slap portals anywhere? There are specific walls that you can okay. put portals on. And so anyway, sorry to interrupt with that, but I had to mention this amazing game that I am so excited, so excited to play because it's all I can think about since then until right now because i forgot but is that seriously ju- is that just on pc it, it'll initially just be on pc but okay. it will um there are plans for it to come to console good I'll, I'll play that. No, no solid dates on that but that sounds fun oh yeah um, so good and speaking of microsoft i guess we'll have eyes on the inside xbox for sure but there's also more rumors swirling about a new skew of the Xbox One S. Mm. And yeah. rumors are saying that pretty imminently we're going to get uh an Xbox One S all digital. So this is going to be from reports uh an Xbox One X, same in every way pretty much, but there's not going to be a disk drive. So you have to how buy much, all- how much do, how much do you think that's going to cost? I think I think they can come in at 200. You think 200? I think 200. Looking at the current prices for okay. the Xbox family without sales, of course. 
one uh, S with a game generally comes in at 300. One uh, X with a game generally comes in at 500 and they bundle with all sorts of games all the time. But what if they did something real aggressive and, and they priced it at 149 or 179 to really get people's attention before E3? That could be a play. That could be a play. I think I think it would be a really cool thing because if you if you have an Xbox console that's coming out at $150, that's gonna turn everybody's heads, including those who aren't even thinking about Xbox, because now you're talking their language. And that could be a really cool thing. That's only double the price of a SNES classic. Yeah. <laughs> uh what do you what do you think the the disc the disc drive really costs in parts? And do you think that they're just going to undercut it and pretty much just sell for sell for uh, what would you call that? Uh, sell for like not making any money back. Just sell it at a loss. Not even a loss, really. Just sell, sell it at, at cost at, a, at cost. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, they they could sell it at cost. Or they could sell it at a loss. And I think they would benefit either way. Um, but I think people that would buy it at that price were probably not going to buy an Xbox one otherwise. Yeah. And yeah, because maybe they already have a PS4 and they just are thinking, man, look at all these studios bringing out all these cool new Xbox games or, or halo. I really want to play that. They haven't had a good one in a while. This one looks good. You know, this is, this is that, Oh, well I can, I can play $150 or $179. I can, I can get in there and I can play these new, these new Microsoft published games. This is a big boon. And, and then not only that, you got Game Pass and you got Project X Cloud, you know, coming up. Yeah. And I mean, those two things, discless Xbox One S, perfect. I mean, it's it's it, it goes along the road that the industry is headed. And um I think if they price it right, it could it could be big moves. Okay, here, here. I'm gonna pitch something. I'm gonna pitch something to you. You ready? Okay. I'm gonna hit you with it. Xbox One S, all digital. Plus a year of Game Pass. Two hundred dollars. Ooh. Well. It, well, what about this? What about this? What if they did Xbox One all digital edition or one S all digital edition one seventy nine with six months of Game Pass or three months of Game Pass even? I think I think people care more about that bottom line price before they see what's in the box. That's true. And and I think if they do something nice and aggressive like that, it's going to turn all eyes to, to Microsoft. I mean, that aren't already for this year's E3. Well, Not only the fact that we're not going to have Sony there um, as it is already, but I just think it could be a real a real aggressive do you like, think, power move for, for Microsoft. Do you think with this, they announced sort of a, a program to turn disks into digital codes? Hmm, that's an interesting thought. Kind of like Voodoo does with DVDs and Blu-rays. Like send us in your discs and we will send you a digital code. You don't think it'll be like, well, yeah, I guess that would make well, more sense. Well, because you'd have to get rid of the disc if the, mm. if the license is just, you don't have to have the disc in the box anymore. So then you just pretty yeah. much have two copies of a game. I think that could be cool. I think that, I think that could be a, an interesting, an interesting idea. Um, turn disc to digital if if they did something like that um i think i think that might help ease the transition for those who who might think you know because there's going to be those guys out there who are like i've already got 
But the truth is, those guys who already have like, you know, 50 boxes with discs in them sitting next to them. Probably don't want to get rid of them. They're probably not going to want to get rid of them because the type of person that does that is not going to want a discless Xbox One, even with the option to trade in all their discs for digital copies, I don't think. Yeah. Um, But it, it could still be something that could help ease the transition for a few people. Here. It can be interesting. Man, that box sells itself. Xbox One, all digital, even if it does come at $200, but it comes with, it has to come with Game Pass. It has to come with a certain period of Game Pass. I'm saying, like, it definitively will, because they're pretty much... It just makes so much sense. It it makes too much sense. You you, you sell that box and say, hey, you buy this $200 box, you get 200-plus games in an ever-growing library for free, quote-unquote. Quote-unquote free. You get 200 games... You get all of our first party games day one at launch. So whatever game they're marketing at that point, probably Forza 8. You're going to get Forza 8 day one with this box. You're going to get yeah. you're going to get Halo uh, Infinite day one with this box. You'd have to you have to re up on your game pass. But this mm-hmm. sells game pass. This sells Xbox. This sells the brand of Xbox. And then this natural extension of pushing out into other device markets. Like we talked about with the rumors of Xbox going to switch Xbox, going to iPhone. This is this box then sells itself more because they say with the year of game pass, now you can play these game pass games on your switch. Yeah. You you can play you. You're not just getting a box to put under your TV to play these games. You're also getting a mobile gaming system with your phone. You're also getting a mobile gaming system if you already have a Switch. And then we're getting mouse and keyboard support and we're getting crossplay. And there's just so much, there's so much good that's happening at Xbox right now. Dude, I am so excited to see see if they do something crazy aggressive like this. And then we come around to E3 and then they have some something. I just feel like they're gonna have something we don't know about. But all the stuff, even with all the stuff we do know about, man. I'm excited to see what's about to happen this year. This year is like, it feels like the culmination of everything that Phil Spencer and Xbox have been doing um, over the past several years since kind of the failure of the Xbox One kind of was realized. It's just, it's all about to like, it's all about to be there. We're about to see the the culmination of all of that work um, do something big. And I think Sony's not going to even, they're not even paying attention, man. They're just counting their money right now. and. They just they just won't see it coming. Here, here's what I think. I think going into this generation, so last generation, Xbox 360, PS3. Uh, PS3 kind of caught up by the end of the generation in sales numbers, but Xbox pretty much wholeheartedly won the generation. They go into the they go into the next generation, this current one, and Xbox is like, we're gonna be the home for all your TV needs, and we we have a HD, HDMI in, so you can watch TV on your Xbox and you don't have to switch off your Xbox ever. And they, mm-hmm. just, they put so much stuff into it and they said, this is not just for games. This is for everybody. This is for sports fans. This is for TV fans. This is for movie fans. This is for everybody. And mm-hmm. PlayStation just came out and said, we like games. Games are fun. We're making good games. Other people are making good games. Here's a box that plays games and does a little bit of the other stuff on the side. I feel like that is what won them this generation 
there's yeah, stuff being like gamer focused. The original Xbox One wasn't as power quite as powerful as the PlayStation. Uh, the price point was higher, if I remember correctly. So Xbox did a lot of things wrong, especially because they packed the Kinect in the box and they tried to keep going with that. Now, now we're coming to this turning point where I think PlayStation is going to make the play again that this game is easy and simple and you play games on it. And that's that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And Xbox is taking their grand ideas for making the Xbox more than what it could, more than just a box that plays games. And they are pushing it into a further game space, not a further TV space or a further living room space or whatever. They are pushing this grand idea further into games to say, all right, gamers can now play anywhere. We're announcing new boxes for people who want new boxes because we're pretty much just building PCs now and putting them inside of boxes for you to buy. But they're, they're going to come out on stage and say, but you don't even have to buy an Xbox to play Xbox One games. Yeah. To play the best games that are coming out right now, to play any game from any of our new studio purchases that we just bought of like the nine or 11 we just purchased. You, you can play it on your Switch. That's the, that's the big play, is that they're going to come out and say, hey, we have new boxes for you, and we think that people who are interested in boxes will love what we have. But, but here's the question. Do you think, do you think they're really going to launch this project, xCloud service? Do you think they're going to announce it and launch it this year? Signs are pointing to yes. Signs are pointing to yes, but do you think our infrastructure is ready for it? Because here's the thing. If the, if the experience isn't, me and you both played OnLive back in the day, man. Yeah, yeah. I remember OnLive. <clears throat> OnLive was an old service for PC where it basically did what Project xCloud is doing, um, but it made it where you could use kind of a, a crappy PC to play PC games Yep. Um, <clears throat> by streaming them to you. And no matter what you did, playing like a multiplayer shooter no, it was, never, was never a good idea. I mean, we did. It's we like did. We played that home, home front. front. Oh, my God. Home front. We played a lot of that um home front man but um but yeah i mean here's if 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 our infrastructure isn't ready and if their if their stuff isn't set up just right it's going to turn people off quick so like do you think do you think we're ready for it have you did you hear of google the project stream that they did yeah so google project stream came out and it they pretty much said hey if you test this product for us we'll give you a free copy of assassin's creed origins to play with and this was their on live style play on your toaster of a PC play on play on your like 20 year old device and it will work. And news or reports came back from that and people were saying amazing things about the quality of the game experience that they were having because of Google stream. But Google was very selective, if I remember correctly. They were they were only giving this to like Google Fiber. No, I got, I got in, or at least gigabit. People who had gigabit accessibility. That may be true, but but um, even those people, if I remember right, so like those people are obviously going to have the best experience, you know. But that's not most. But of even the world. but even with gigabit, I don't think on live would have worked properly. It just that may be it just because I like think an they infrastructure had infrastructure issue. I think they did have an issue with their own data centers, but 
on live on live was really good for like when we played borderlands or when we man we played, and played like out some of borderlands oh my yeah gosh. dude oh my goodness or or even I, I played like the first batman the first rocksteady batman yeah. game on there um you know stuff like that um and i think i even played arkham city on there like later later down the road of course i spent so much money on that platform and now every bit of it is gone um but but they they ended up selling and going out of business um but i don't know it just it it never was perfect i mean it would run like really well sometimes and then all of a sudden you'd have like a moment where it like kind of stuck and then it would come back and and you'd be like oh i i'm all the way over here now yeah and it just that just would never work of course i don't think that this service is is in a point where i'm expecting it to be good enough to play like a competitive multiplayer like a fighting game or stuff like that yeah because i mean at the end of the day you're introducing more latency no matter how you go about it no matter no matter how you do it so especially if you're playing this on your phone which is connected through wi-fi you know or um, that's adding even more latency and yeah yeah exactly so it really it really just depends i'm not necessarily expecting that but still if it I would hope that it's improved from the on live days, but um, it do, I don't think. But the question is, do you think Microsoft is at a point where they're comfortable saying, "Yeah, I think the infrastructure of the internet in the United States, which is our primary market, is good enough for this." Well, I wonder if they do. I know they're they're counting on five G, but it's not here yet. But I wonder if they do like a rollout style thing, like uh, Google does with Google Fiber. Um, not that like we're building infrastructure for, but they say. All right, it's these, only available. These, to these areas people. can get it. This it's in really early alpha, really early beta, so that that way people who are interested in games are paying attention. Yeah, but I don't. The new Xbox regime, being Phil Spencer and his his crew, do not seem to be the type of people that are going to release a half baked idea or a half baked product into the exactly. And that's why I'm saying, do you think it's going to happen this year? If if the rumors point to yes, I would say that they are at least comfortable saying that we're going to release that. Yeah. It, it might it might not be. It, it might it might be later in the year. It might be next year. It might launch with the new boxes, and they'll yeah. just have another like all digital box, but for the Xbox Two or whatever they call it. Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens there. I I, I think there's a storm swirling around Microsoft right now, and. I don't think the industry is quite ready for it. <laughs> and you know, and you know, we could, we could end up just all being disappointed. This could all end we up could being, be, we could be disappointed. Just, I, I don't think so. And I hope not, but it could happen, you know? Um, but with, with all this, especially, and what's crazy is how much, how excited I am about all of this as a PC game. You're a PC gamer and you're excited about what Xbox is doing because Xbox seems to, be heading towards the mindset of hey high tides raise all boats yeah um and and that's i love it it's so good and it's 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 already benefited me as a pc gamer but it's really it's really coming to a point where you're talking about like my childhood favorite franchise here halo okay and i'm i'm so excited um for what for what xbox is doing with that and the ability to play that on all my devices too that i already own it's it's good stuff and i'm excited and we're we're just talking about kind of like these big movements they're making like moving forward but they're also doing great stuff with accessibility and uh 
yeah. the Xbox One uh, accessibility controller they released. Um, pretty much saying, hey, we're not making money on this. We just want people to play games. We want anybody who wants to play games to play games. Uh, ever, ever since Phil Spencer has kind of become the, the head of this division, just what he's been doing has been so much mending the consumer experience that had been broken down when it came to, hey, you guys want backwards compatibility? We built an emulator. Hey, you guys want more backwards compatibility? We built an older emulator. Uh, here's the Xbox One uh, Pro controller or Elite controller, which I have and I love. Uh, mm-hmm. And we here here's Game Pass, which is giving you 200 plus games, all of our first party titles. We are putting our money where our mouths are by saying all of our first party titles are going to be day one launched on Game Pass because we think this is the future of games. Yeah, we think this is where we're heading. So we're going to put our money down on it right now. And then they're buying studios. They're buying a lot of studios to say, hey, people say they're not liking our exclusives. We're going to get a lot more exclusives We're 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 building a studio in the coalition, which I I can't imagine what they're they're going to come up with. But I hope it's something amazing. Um, we're buying all these studios that were working for us so we can funnel them more money like uh, Playground Games with Forza Horizon. Uh, we're buying studios that no one ever thought we're going to buy Ninja Theory, the maker of, um, Sin, Sin to a Soul Sacrifice, I believe is the name of it. This, this studio that's making a game about mental, mental illness and raising awareness to mental illness. We're going to buy them because we believe that they're doing something important and we're going to funnel money towards them. Uh, we're going to buy Obsidian who has a game that was not announced at the time, Outer Worlds. And we're going to let them release it on all platforms because we believe that that is the best for their consumers. And that doesn't look good on anybody but Microsoft because they didn't have to do that. That game was not announced. That game was not coming out uh, to everything until it was announced at the Game Awards after the Obsidian buyout by Microsoft. Microsoft seems to be letting these companies, uh, letting these developers do what they want and just giving them money because they trust the developers and they trust the developers to know what they want to do with their games. Uh, yeah. They're making a, a freaking gears of war XCOM style game. What? <laughs> that, that, they're just letting them do passion projects and seems letting them do fun things with, with Microsoft's money. And it, it, it just seems to be good for the gamers. And I cannot wait to see what is coming down the pike for them. Yeah. I mean, I'm right there with you, man. It's, it's exciting stuff. It's, it's really, really good. (sighs) I can't wait to see what, I can't wait to see what we're looking like by the end of this year. Not even what we're looking like, but just where we're going. Like, I feel like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like the road ahead, man. I'm just, I'm just excited about it. One would assume that PlayStation announces a new box. Uh, one would assume that Xbox announces their boxes this year. Um, yeah. And Nintendo seems to be doing a pretty good job with their Switch. So all all signs are pointing up. Uh, and I really hope PlayStation comes out with a banger console because I'm kind of getting sick of these one-sided years. I, I want a year like... I want a year that says, like, It's hard to choose. Both of these consoles are amazing. Yeah. Uh, and both of them are doing great things. 
But from the looks of the rumors right now, Microsoft appears to be the ones that are making the big moves to leap us into the next generation. But what if we're what if we're totally wrong? What if and we're we wrong? and we find out that that Sony has something that nobody saw coming? That'd be great. <laughs> that, that'd be great. I love it because I I want games to succeed. I I enjoy my Xbox One X. Uh, I personally, I surely don't expect it. I personally but. care for for it more than my PlayStation, uh, but I try not to let my biases show through because if PlayStation comes out with an amazing console, I'm going to get it and I'm going to enjoy the heck out of it because they have proven that they have a lot of studios in their pockets already that can make great games. The Last of Us Two looks great. I'm excited about Days Gone, which is coming out soon. Dreams looks to be something very impressive for a certain type of people that is not me. Uh, so I, I, I wish Sony all the best. I wish Microsoft all the best. I wish Nintendo all the best. Because, like I said, rising tides generally raise all ships. Uh, and we're just passengers on the ships, and we get to enjoy the, the benefits of that tide. <sighs> Felt good to talk about. So, so how was your beer? It was good. Like I said, Oktoberfest is a classic. Uh, yeah. I finished her off and I can't wait to tr- have another one <laughs> in the, in the coming days. Mm. That's good. And your, and your mango wheat ale. It was, it was tasty, man. And, um, nice and crisp and, uh, had some nice low mid mango in there, which is kind of, kind of right where I'd want it. And it was, it was good, man. I, I really liked it. I drink it again. Well, that's a, that's a good compliment that you can give a beer. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my recommendation. Uh, that felt good. Felt like a good, like a like a good chat. Yeah. So that wraps it up for us. Be sure to check us out at uh, at Button Key Games on uh, Instagram and Twitter, and uh, Jordan Button Key and Evan Button Key on Twitter as well for our personal Twitter accounts. Also check out twitch.tv slash buttonkeygames. Um, and we we did a little stream in this past week, so make sure to turn on notifications for that so you don't miss out. Um, also check out, uh, buttonkey.games. There's a contact form on that website. Uh, you can send us your questions that we might be able to read on the show. You can also send us corrections. If there's anything that we said, uh, said wrong and you'd like to correct us on that, please do. Uh, we welcome that. But, uh, thanks again to everybody who took the time to listen to us, um, and listen to what we had to say. Uh, and we hope to see you guys again next week.